0: Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. we got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch it live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. All righty, today is a big old Tuesday. Uh, We are going to take a little bit of a break with our NFL draft grades uh, for those teams because today uh, we've been talking, you know, we're like eight to 10 games left for every team. So I want to kind of predict the final games for every team here and kind of get a a determine who's going to be in the playoffs. What's the seating going to be like? Who's going to be in the playing tournament and all that. So that's what we're going to do on the show today. Take a little bit of a break from our... Uh, draft grades and kind of just walk through the rest of the season, taking the Eastern Conference, then the Western Conference, looking at, you know, the 76ers schedule, predicting the wins and losses for their eight games, doing that for every team here, Um, at least that has a chance to get in the playing tournament. Um, and, you know, we'll kind of predict what the, what the uh, final results, the final standings are going to be like at the end of the regular season. So, that's what we're going to do today on the show. Still breaking down the NBA from last night, doing our moneymaker for tonight's action, and going over the stories of the day. So, let's just start here. And the first one up, oh, man, oh man, uh, Devontae Adams takes to Twitter, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers on Twitter yesterday at 3.11pm says this, tweets this out gotta appreciate what you got while you got it now we obviously know the whole Aaron Rodgers fiasco that is going on or does this mean uh, Devontae Adams, is Devontae Adams gonna walk, is Aaron Rodgers gonna walk is this tweet directed for Aaron Rodgers or is this about you know Devontae Adams himself, so gotta appreciate what you got while you got it. That definitely fits Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's his big complaint. That's what Aaron Rodgers has been begging for. Appreciate me. Respect me. I'm kind of hailed as, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in my own organization. Doesn't think so. I'm getting disrespected. You know, my head coach... Decides to kick a field goal when we're down eight points with two minutes left and you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time at the eight yard line and he decides to kick a field goal. That's disrespectful. So obviously we still got time before, you know, anything big has to kind of happen for the NFL season. Uh, so, you know, Aaron Rodgers, we're still getting kind of hints and crumbs of information, and this is the newest one. Gotta appreciate what you got while you got to exclamation point. Exclamation point, folks. So, he's not just saying it, he's exclaiming it. So... We'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams is like, hey, I, I see the disrespect here with Aaron Rodgers. It, it's not him just bugging it. I see it too, but, you know, there's only so much I can say. I'm the wide receiver. They don't really, you know, they they, they don't even trust a quarterback. You think they're going to come with me? They're, they're going to come to me with their information or anything like that? So, that's where we're at with the Aaron Rodgers saga. Devontae Adams, wide receiver for the Packers, tweeting out, gotta appreciate what you got while you got it. So... We'll see what that means come, uh, whenever something happens. <laughs> uh, but, but, this crossed my page the other day, and it's, uh, it's, uh, pretty interesting here, so... The tweet from the Volume Sports Network, would acquiring Julio Jones be enough to keep Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? We know Aaron Rodgers wants to be respected. He wants that A1 tier 1 Hall of Fame wide receiver, and that's definitely Julio Jones. The Packers and the Falcons they're not in the same division, so yeah, you can trade him. You know, you, you wouldn't, you know, the Falcons wouldn't mind trading. Definitely the Falcons don't want to see Julio Jones two times a year if they're going to trade him away. So, you know, in different divisions, Aaron Rodgers wants the big weapon, Julio Jones come, what was it, June 1st, that's when they can kind of save a lot of money if they get rid of him, so maybe Matt LaFleur trying to kind of, you know, tied everything over, we see Aaron Rodgers, you know, all the rumors that we've heard, we haven't really heard it straight from the horse's mouth, but all the kind of rumors that we've heard is that Aaron Rodgers kind of adamant, kind of taking the same position that Deshaun Watson was taking before all the sexual assault allegations came out. You know, like, hey, I'm not coming back to the team. I'm not playing for y'all anymore. I will retire. I do not care. I will go host Jeopardy. I've got other options. I'm, I'm sick of being disrespected. I'm sick of my legacy going down because you, uh, you guys are giving me no great talent to work with. So if, you know, the Packers organization really kind of feels that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play this season, maybe they kind of, you know, dangle a little bit of a carrot in front of Aaron Rodgers. Be like, Aaron, Aaron, come here. I got this carrot, got this nice wide receiver, Hall of Famer right here, Julio Jones, you like it? You like it? Come on. Come on. Aaron. Aaron. Right here. Come on. Look. Not Jeopardy. Not Jeopardy. No 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 no. Over here. Come on. Come on. Carrot. Julio Jones. Super Bowl title. You wanna win to the Super Bowl? I got Julio I got Julio Jones I got Julio Jones. Come on, Aaron. One more year. So, we'll see, A, if Julio Jones goes anywhere, and B, if, you know, this entire Aaron Rodgers, you know, because we do have to kind of take the information that we've gotten with this Aaron Rodgers news with a grain of salt, because the timing of it, all this kind of coming out on draft day, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers truly isn't going to play with the Packers this season or kind of has that mindset already of hey I'm not going to play for the Packers we're kind of you know thinking that that you know stunt a little bit was probably put out by Aaron Rodgers to force their hand to take a quarter or to take a wide receiver in the first round obviously it didn't work out so we'll see what happens here with Julio Jones and uh Aaron Rodgers but man oh man Julio Jones I mean that would be what Aaron Rodgers wants you know a one tier one hall of fame wide receiver so smooth some things over there's options here for the Packers if Aaron Rodgers is truly unhappy and then we get this right here uh this story was kind of funny to talk about so we'll talk about it um So Aaron Rodgers, um, probably another kind of hidden reason why he's just so frustrated and fed up with this kind of Packers organization because Aaron Rodgers publicly kind of endorsed and praised this wide receiver that nobody's ever heard of. He's not even a starter. He's barely playing. Uh, But the wide receiver, Jake Kumero. Aaron Rodgers went out and publicly um, kind of endorsed this man, saying, like, hey, this man's good. I like this man. You know, I want to work with this man. And then the very next day, the Packers organization gets rid of him. So you got somebody that Aaron Rodgers wants and likes, and then the next day the the management gets rid of him. So was that kind of – did that start the fire? Was that the one that finally broke Aaron Rodgers' back? So we've seen kind of every single season something coming out of Aaron Rodgers, you know, not to his liking that kind of once again – pushes this narrative of Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. I mean, folks, this is not the first time we've been talking about this, folks. We've been talking about this for the last couple of seasons here. So uh we don't know what actually has started this kind of Aaron Rodgers definitely kind of doubling down and saying he doesn't want to be here with the Packers anymore. But, uh, you know, the the organization of the Packers definitely haven't really done anything to kind of... um uh, they haven't done anything to kind of seem like that isn't the case like all this, all the things that we're hearing from Aaron Rodgers' side, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense, hey, they're not getting me the weapons they're going for field goals when you got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time down to the red zone, we can't get it done in the NFC Championship game, you'd rather draft my replacement than get me any more help, so we all understand Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers has a right to be disappointed with this franchise, they really have not done anything to help him. and then this is just the latest of it, Jake Kamara Uh, getting let go by the Packers when Aaron Rodgers endorsed them. So we'll see what happens here. But that's where we are at currently in the Aaron Rodgers saga. Devontae Adams tweet, Julio Jones still on the market. So let's see what happens here as we get a little bit closer to kind of, you know, training camps and all this where the picture becomes a little bit clear of who's going to be the actual starters. And not just for the Packers, but just for every team. But let's wait a little bit, see if anything else more comes out on this Aaron Rodgers story. All righty, let's move off of the topic of Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay for right now. Uh, but we saw in the draft, if you were kind of watching on our live draft show, we saw Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, um, linebacker. Uh, Keep falling in the draft folks And we have Jeremiah owusu Kormoa, Our number one ranked linebacker On our big board But we saw him drop and drop And you know other players getting taken over him And then he finally gets drafted Number 52 So now we know why he fell in the draft So here we go from Adam Schefter Jeremiah owusu Kormoa had a heart issue That came up late in the process And was a concern for most teams Which is why he fell out of the first round And to pick number 52 52 with the Cleveland Browns. Doctors ultimately cleared Uwusu uh, Kormoa, but it did contribute to him falling. So that's why he fell in the draft. A little bit of a heart issue. Shouldn't be too concerning because he did get cleared by a doctor, so that's still good. So a little bit of a steal here for Cleveland and a little bit of extra motivation for Uwusu Kormoa to kind of prove hey, I know I you know I know y'all saw the heart issue, but I told y'all it was no big deal. The doctor said it was no big deal, and now I'm out here with the Browns elevating this kind of defense to a championship level defense. And that's what the Browns are going to try and do this season to try to get to try to be that team coming out of the AFC this season. So let's see if Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa can get it done this season with the Browns and uh make all the doubters pay the price of not taking this man a little earlier. All right, but it's not all good here. It's not all good here for the draft prospects because here we go. Titans fourth round pick Rashad Weaver charged with assault in April incident. Yikes, yikes. So let's see this article. Let's see how bad this assault was. So here we go. Tennessee Titans fourth-round pick Rashad Weaver was charged Friday with one count of simple assault. Oh, simple assault. Oh, it's just simple assault. One shove, a little shove. It's simple assault. It's not no right hook. It's no Aaron Donald accused crimes of literally making that man's eyes full. Now, that's complicated assault, not simple assault. Um here we go according to the criminal complaint against Weaver 23 Pittsburgh police found a woman lying on the ground surrounded by a group of people at the intersection of South 17th Street and East Carson Street at 2:28 a.m. on April 18th all right woman unconscious or laying on the ground she's not unconscious or we don't know they don't say that um all right witness here at the, witnesses at the scene said that a large male man that gave it away he's a large male he's a professional athlete large male Identified as Weaver, later uh, punched the woman Demetra Navgilis. Weaver was not at the scene when police arrived. That man dipped. He punched and ran. Simple assaulted and ran. This man did. Five minutes before the incident, police said there was an argument between Weaver and Nav. Nav- nav jealous nav jealous nav jealous at a nearby bar our officers separated the two and identified weaver weaver told the officers before leaving the bar that he had no problem hitting a female if they needed it (laughs) per the complaint oh jesus i got no problem hitting a female and then five minutes later she's on the ground so alrighty, weaver i mean it's kind of sounded like it's him he fled the scene not very good there uh, Please contacted Navjelis on April 25th, per the complaint, she told officers that she went to Ohio Valley Hospital on April 22nd because she was vomiting. What? Um, Navjelis was diagnosed with a concussion at the hospital and got proof that she was pregnant at the time of the incident? Oh, no. Oh, no. Not only did this mammoth of a man of a professional athlete hit a woman, he hit a pregnant woman. Uh, y'all are calling this simple assault? Okay, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. A preliminary hearing in Weaver's case is scheduled for October 5th. Weaver's attorney Dennis M. Blackwell said in his statement the allegations against my client are completely false and reckless Completely false and reckless. We've got officers witnessing this breaking them up five minutes before the altercation took place He said the officer said that this man said he has no problem hitting a female if they needed it He's guilty He's guilty, and I don't want to kind of, you know, I don't like to do this. I don't like calling people out guilty before any verdict or any of the all of all... Or before all the information has come out, but folks, what are we, what are we talking about here? He's uh, completely false. These allegations are completely false and reckless. I understand this is what a lawyer is supposed to do—defend the client. But jeez Louise, I wouldn't go completely false in my statement if I knew he was guilty. I'd be like, "Yeah, these are false. These these allegations are false." I want to go completely false and then go reckless, doubling down on it. Let's continue here. Uh, Mr. Weaver takes these charges very seriously. And we look forward to clearing his good name without question and without hesitation. We deny Rashad punched anyone, especially a woman, especially a pregnant woman. Uh, We intend to conduct a full investigation of these charges and. Intent to pursue all legal remedies available to Rashad the Titan said in a statement quote We were made aware of the news this morning We obviously take this seriously and are in the process of gathering details and working with the league Okay, well, we'll see what happens. You know Aaron Donald he came out innocent that you know That was just you know wrong accusation there, but this one seeing a little bit more ironclad case Man, oh man, hitting a pregnant woman, then she went to the hospital, vomited, vomiting, and she has a, a concussion. Yeah, so not the greatest here for a rookie. People get drafted, and then they all go wild because they think they're invincible. But uh, we'll see what happens with this case. But uh, I don't think he's going to get kind of freed here like Aaron Donald did. But we'll see if any new information or evidence comes out. <clears throat> Alrighty, let's move on here. Alright, a little bit of a quote here from Kyle Shanahan, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure, so let's talk about it. Here we go. Kyle Shanahan says, If 49ers hadn't traded up to number three to take Trey Lance, quote, somebody else was going to eventually, and the price is only going to go up. Alrighty. Were there that many teams wanting to get a quarterback this year? When we go back to kind of the draft here, We obviously don't know Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. We're going to take a quarterback one and two. No problem. Um, Obviously not taking Trey Lance, who the 49ers like. So there was no real reason to trade up to number three at this point. The Dolphins would have still been at number three. They don't take a quarterback. The Falcons at four. They don't take a quarterback. The Bengals at five. They're not taking a quarterback. Um, uh, Philadelphia at number 6 we're just kind of saying before all these trades took place folks Philadelphia at number 6 they're not taking a quarterback now the Lions at number 7 could have taken a quarterback we're really not clear if they're truly set on Jared Goff or not so that may have potentially been another team that takes a quarterback here but you know we know that the 49ers were big on Mac Jones and Trey Lance a little bit more on Trey Lance than Mac Jones that's why they took him overall uh, but But, you know, let's just uh, say that the Lions don't take somebody at number seven. The Panthers don't take a quarterback at number eight because they brought in Sam Darnold at number nine with the Broncos. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky just because, you know, Broncos picking at number nine. Yeah, they got Teddy Bridgewater the day before the draft, but would they have done that? Would they have maybe kind of gotten a quarterback if the 49ers didn't trade up to number three? I mean, the 49ers were picking originally at number 12. So let's just say for all, you know, intents and purposes here, everything was the same. The the regular draft order was the same, but we have potentially the Broncos and the Lions taking a quarterback here. Um... Um, uh, Dallas picking at number 10, Bears picking at number 11, and they would not take a quarterback so then you know come number 12 that's when the 49ers that's where their original pick would have came from so they would have had to you know take a little bit of a risk that either the Lions or the Broncos don't take one of the quarterbacks that they like so i don't really know if this was completely necessary here for the 49ers to move up a little bit but let's see if we get any more quotes here by Kyle Shanahan to clear it up a little bit Alrighty, some viewed the price. General Manager John Lynch and Coach Kyle Shanahan paid as a curve-breaking amount. Shanahan, however, told the Rich Eisen show on Monday that he believes if the Niners hadn't left up the board when they did early in the process, somebody would have and the cost might have been even higher. Quote, I actually believe that... If we wouldn't have somebody else was going to eventually and the price is only going to go up, Shanahan said. That was a decision that we all had to make me, John, Jed. And once we did, we never really looked back and what changed was, I think, the feeling of when you go through that stuff. quote, to feel the way that I that I did, especially about um, Alabama quarterback Mac Jones and then about Trey Lance and where we were at that, And what happened with Matt Stafford and Deshaun Watson, we knew early that, hey, we need to be aggressive so that we get one. And where was the spot, Shanahan said? We looked into all the others. We looked into the fourth pick. We looked into the fifth pick. And the third one was the one that had the most chance to move a month in advance. Alrighty. So <clears throat> he saw the pressure of Matt Stafford, you know, going to a new team, getting traded, Deshaun Watson, him possibly getting traded as well. And the 49ers are like, hey, we need to go out and get a quarterback here to be competitive with all these other teams getting good quarterbacks. So I guess, you know, if you you know, I I've got no problem with the trade up, that's fine. You know, do what you think is best for your squad. Absolutely, you need a quarterback in this league. But you know, is Trey Lance is selling out your future for the next two seasons? With those first-round picks gone, is that better than what you had in Jimmy Garoppolo? That's where I really don't know for truly sure yet. So, Kyle Shanahan trades up. At the in the at the end of the day, if they were still at number 12, would they have gotten a quarterback? It would have been tough. We still know the Patriots picking at 15. They ended up getting Mac Jones, but. You know, the the indecisiveness of the Broncos with their quarterback, the indecisiveness of the Lions with their quarterback, really just kind of forced their hand to go up and make the trade. So we'll see. This is going to be the year. We'll see year one if this kind of trade pans out for the 49ers, if Trey Lance is looking good. But uh, only time will tell if the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan made a good move, and we'll be keeping an eye on it as these seasons progress. Alrighty, next story up. Here we go. Greg Roman of the Ravens says the Ravens' new wide receivers, quote, expand our profile quite a bit in the passing game. Yes, I would hope so. Definitely. You got a nice kind of six foot wide receiver in Rashad Bateman going deep. You picked up Sammy Watkins in the offseason for that kind of deep ball. Absolutely. So here we go. Any good quotes here by Greg Roman? Roman believes the addition this offseason will open up the passing offense for Lamar Jackson. Quote, I don't want to call it an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, I wouldn't call it that either. I would not call um, Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown, and this rookie quarterback an embarrassment of riches. Yes, I would truly not say that. So (laughs) we agree there. Uh, But when you talk about Hollywood and Devin and Miles, I really feel good about the guys we have. This offense is really this offense is really one that runs through Lamar. Yes, we know that a thousand percent. Uh, we're always going to do what gives us the best chance to win. When you add talent like that, it's really going to expand our profile quite a bit, actually, to play with that kind of balance that we really want to play with. I really think it will probably take some pressure off the guys that have been here like Marquise, free him up a bit as well. There the field's about 53 yards wide. And I think we are going to have to defend. I think people are going to have to defend all 53 yards of it. And that's exactly it right there. That's the point. We know this is kind of just a base offense is kind of the read option in the run game with Mar Jackson and Gus Edwards and uh, J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. Unfortunately, no more Mark Ingram, but uh, those two can still pick up the slack. We're not worried about it. <clears throat> So yes, you got it. You got to defend the run game. You've got to defend the passing game, kind of in the flats. You know, you got Marquise Hollywood Brown, a smaller wide receiver, but a speedy wide receiver. So you're going to have to guard, you know, the flats and in the inside crossing routes. Uh, so you've got the running game, the short kind of three yards at the line of scrimmage. You've got the uh, flat game with Marquise Hollywood Brown and the speed at that. You've got Sammy Watkins, a nice kind of deeper threat wide receiver. So you got to defend the deep ball, the flats, the running game, and then their new wide receiver that they just brought in um, this year in the draft, Um, it's Rashad Bateman, correct? Let me make sure I'm getting that name right. Um, Yeah, Rashad Bateman, that's what I thought. All right, so Rashad Bateman, another kind of six-foot-tall wide receiver. So, once again, having to go out and defend kind of two good wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, you know, going deep, maybe kind of, you know, Rashad Bateman going 10 yards deep. So, you've got, you know, the 15-plus-yard ball with – Sammy Watkins, you got to defend that, the length of the field that way. The medium ball of Rashad Bateman, the flats and the slants in the middle of the field and the outside field of Hollywood Brown, and then, you know, the run game and then the play-action game, then Lamar Jackson keeping it. So, yes, absolutely, they've got kind of playmakers in position that makes it great to really have to defend every inch of grass here. So we'll see how the Ravens all put it together. It's going to be interesting. Can they finally get it done? Can the Ravens finally take that next step? and kind of compete with the Chiefs of just an explosive offense, game in, game out, getting it done deep in the playoffs, getting to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. So that's what the Ravens have to kind of live up to expectation-wise offensively. And we'll see if they can do it with this kind of Greg Roman improved new offense here for the Ravens. Alrighty, talking about new offenses and kind of taking the next step here, Giants general manager Dave Gettleman says quarterback Daniel Jones should really make a major stride in year three. Alrighty, Daniel Jones, we're big on him. We are believer, believers in Danny Jones over here, Danny boy, if you will, but let's see if we can get any nice quotes here from Dave Gettleman. Here we go. All right, obviously this will be a big jump, Gettleman said. Uh, This is the year, this is the year, year two to year three, that Daniel should really make a major stride. We're looking forward to seeing him thrive. Yes, I I am kind of expecting that as well. And if we're looking at kind of, you know, quarterbacks that took that giant leap from year 2 to year 3 and what you can kind of do in this kind of current age of the NFL making the stride from year 2 to year 3. Well, I mean, we've got the perfect example in Josh Mother Loving Allen who took the biggest, the biggest jump from year 2 to year 3. Years 1 and 2 for Josh Allen in Buffalo. Year 1, 52% completion percentage, 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, 12 picks. Everything about that stat line I just That is absolutely garbage then year two 58 percent completion percentage 300 yards 20 touchdowns nine interceptions still pretty not great in the yards and the completion percentage but getting better and then year three the greatest year I think I have ever seen of a not great quarterback his first two years and then absolutely great year three 69 percent completion percentage 4500 yards 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Everything I just said on that stat line is absolutely magnificent, folks. This is almost flawless. I would almost call this flawless, folks. A flawless stat line. Maybe if we cut those interceptions down from 10 to 9 just to get that single digit, then we would have been able to call this a flawless stat line. But overall, a fantastic year three. So let's look at Daniel Jones's first two years here. Alrighty, year one. Sixty-one percent completion percentage, already better than what Josh Allen did his first year. Three thousand yards, twenty-four touchdowns, twelve interceptions. This is a pretty good stat line right here. The you know two to one touchdown an interception ratio, above, uh, basically sixty-two percent completion percentage. We like sixty two to sixty five range. 3,000 yards, pretty dang good for your first season in only 12 games starting. And then year two took a slight step back, not a completion percentage. The completion percentage went up to 62%. 2,900 yards, little less yards, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Those touchdowns came down a lot, but we have to remember, you know, no Saquon Barkley, so they had no running game, so they're just pressuring uh, the offense passing game on Daniel Jones and those wide receivers. <clears throat> so, Daniel Jones, I mean, if Josh Allen can make it work with 52 and 58% completion percentage, I mean, Daniel Jones already has a leg up on being a surefire passer here. 61%, 62%, getting better, getting more accurate every single year. And Josh Allen just said, I'm a mother-loving dual threat quarterback because just this season he ran for 423 yards, another kind of advantage in Daniel Jones' all-around game, making him a decent dual threat out here. He's 6'5", has the same frame as kind of Josh Allen, not as big as Josh Allen. Josh Allen's 6'5", 240, and Daniel Jones is about 6'5", 220. So not as beefy as Josh Allen, but still as big, and, you know, he's got the arm as big as, you know, Josh Allen does. So we're not worried about Daniel Jones taking this next step. We know it's possible to have this great leap of big step. We're expecting it from Daniel Jones. David Gettleman is expecting it from Daniel Jones, so that's all right there. Let's see if we get any more quotes here before we move off of this. Uh, coach Joe Judge said on ESPN Radio Monday that one reason for Jones's struggle in 2020 was the hamstring injury that caused the quarterback to miss two games and could have knocked him out much longer. Quote here from the coach, Joe Judge, quote, Look, Daniel is the last guy that's going to use anything as an excuse. What I saw, what, what I would say about the injury last year is that it was much more serious than maybe people thought on the outside. I would probably say 90% of the players in the league who would have had that injury, including quarterbacks, would have been on IR for the remainder of the year. That's just the reality of it. So Joe Judge is like, this man's a mother freaking monster out here. You think a little injury is going to keep this man sideline? No, no, no. He's trying to get out, back out of that field as quickly as possible. So we love that from Daniel Jones, the lead Leadership, wanting to be out on the field, playing through the injuries. That's why we saw a little bit of a dip in the touchdowns a little bit because he was playing through this injury and once again having no running game. They're all just going to be pressing up. That's kind of what Teddy Bridgewater faced a little bit with no Christian McCaffrey this year. You've got Mike Davis in the backfield. Yeah, these corners, they're not going to give any any room. They're just going to be pressing at the line of scrimmage because, you know, we're only worried about the passing game. All right, let's finish up this quote here. Quote, it was much more severe than maybe he allowed people to know or the information that was put out there. And we're going to protect our players by not disclosing everything about their injuries, to be honest with you. He fought through a lot of things. He earned a lot of people's respect, so that's fantastic. Um, you know, he's got the respect of the locker room, the coaches, the everybody in the Giants organization. He's making strides to get better. He's durable. He's he's wanting to be out on the field. So yeah, I mean we're we're real excited for Daniel Jones right here, folks. Like we said, we are believers in him. We know we can make this next step. Josh Allen just proved you can make the year three leap. Daniel Jones is playing into year three. So let's get it done, baby. Saquon Barkley is good they've got a freaking a slew a slew of freaking talent offensively to go get it done you got Evan Ingram Kenny Galladay you just drafted a wide receiver you got Saquon Barkley back so let's go get it done offensively this season and if it wasn't for Washington in the same division I'm rooting a thousand percent here for the Giants to be the first in the NFC East so we'll see if Daniel Jones can take that year three leap I think he really can folks truly Alrighty, righty, let's go to this real quickly. Um, I just want to talk about this because um, we have to change it a little bit because I don't like the low stakes that they had on. So here we go. Tom Brady, uh, he was kind of ass. He was interviewed. Um, if he would give up two rings for that perfect undefeated season in 2007, when you know they were what were they 17 and 0, 18 and 0, 18 and 0, going to 19 and 0 in the Super Bowl, was that the case? Anyway, undefeated season through the regular seasons and the playoffs, get to the Super Bowl, but Eli Manning says. I- Ah, you got to pass through us and the Giants, baby, if you want this perfect season, and we not losing. So you go, <laughs> you got to lose. One of us got to lose, and we ain't losing. So who going to be the loser? Hmm? You. Uh, so Tom Brady, says that he would trade two rings to beat the Giants and go undefeated. But of course he would trade two rings. He's got seven! Seven! You gotta make the stakes a little bit higher if you're gonna play this hypothetical game. Would you trade seven rings? Would you trade all of your Super Bowl rings for that one undefeated season with the rings? So you trade in your seven rings, you get the undefeated season, you also get that one ring from that undefeated Super Bowl, but that is it. No going to Tampa Bay and winning your first year. No more rings with Bill Belichick for the rest of your career. Would you trade seven rings for that undefeated season? That's what we want to know. No, not two rings. Two rings. Tom Brady would throw off two rings of his hand and give it to a homeless person. He doesn't care. Two rings. I've got five more. I've got seven in total. Do you think I care about two gosh dang rings? I've got five more waiting at home. I've got an entire hand full of rings waiting at home. Here's two. You want three? I'll give you three. He flicks it in your face and walks away. So, I don't care if Tom Brady would trade two rings. I want to know, are you trading seven? Seven! Let me know, Tom. You trading seven? That's the real answer we want to know. Will Tom Brady trade seven rings for that undefeated season? That, I don't think he does. I think the most, the most Tom Brady would give up for this kind of undefeated season. I think it would probably go four. Still have three? Three rings as a starting quarterback in this league. Still competing with the greatest of all time. So that's the real question. I don't know who threw the softball lob question to Tom Brady. Can we be done throwing lob softball questions at Tom Brady, please? He's the greatest to ever do it. Let's start getting down to the nitty gritty on these questions. Tom Brady, would you trade all of your rings to beat Eli Manning once and go undefeated? That's the question. That's the question. Who are these people asking these garbage questions? I don't want to say garbage question. Soft question. Let's phrase that it's that, but oh man uh, we could have gotten a real answer here folks we could have gotten a real nice interesting answer from Tom but they have to say only two rings what is that about what is that about now if you're asking Aaron Rodgers you know he's only got the one ring so you can't even ask him that you know what I mean man man, this man's got seven so uh, a little unfortunate there Alrighty, here we go. This is the time we're starting to see kind of these veteran players starting to get signed because teams didn't get exactly what they wanted in the draft. Here we go. The Ravens are signing um, Alondro Villanueva from the Steelers, an offensive tackle, to a two-year deal, $14 million. So the Ravens kind of beefing up their line. We saw them trade Orlando Brown before the draft to the Chiefs, getting that extra draft pick, then going out and not really kind of drafting it. A, um, not really drafting a, uh, a lineman until the third round. Is that what we said the other day? <clears throat> when was their first offensive lineman taken in this year's draft? Yeah, they didn't go till the third round. They didn't use that second first round pick that they got from the Chiefs on an offensive lineman like we thought they would. So they kind of, you know, got one in the third round, shoring it up through, um, you know, just kind of free agency still after the draft. So once again, start to look for some of these veteran kind of aging out of the league players a little bit like Richard Sherman. This is going to be the week Richard Sherman goes somewhere, folks. I would say by the end of this week, Richard Sherman will have found a team now that we're starting to see the Baltimore. Ravens go after offensive line talent. We'll start to see other teams kind of shore up their team, fixing those gaps, fixing those pieces that they thought they could upgrade in the draft. Unfortunately, the draft didn't play out the way they thought, so they had to go find the talent elsewhere. So Ravens just started it, and we'll see who keeps it going. But to expect Richard Sherman, if he's going to play this year, if he's not officially done in this league, I don't know. I don't think he's officially done in this league. I still think he, he can kind of make teams better. At least in a veteran presence, at least. So we'll see what happens here. Does he go to the Jets? If Robert Sala doesn't take him, that's a big red flag on Richard Sherman. One that we'll have to try to keep uh, keep in mind for the uh, for the season if he does end up going somewhere. So we'll see what happens. But Andrew uh, uh, Alejandro Villanueva going to the Ravens, kind of uh, um, enemies, you know, still in the uh, you know from the Steelers to the Ravens, still in the same division. Alrighty, <clears throat> let's head over to some M- NBA stories from last night. So here we go. If you were watching the main game on ESPN, the Pelicans and the um, the Warriors last night on ESPN, they were also simulcasting it on ESPN2 where they were doing this like Marvel thing where they had like three players from each team just like tracking their stats. They got like a point for all the good things and minus a point for all the bad things. And then whoever had the most point out of those six players, three on each team, was the arena of heroes champion and I, I look if you want to try and draw new fans in younger fans I get it that's fine I'm not knocking it get that money get that revenue absolutely it's just it's not for me I'm not watching it I did not watch the ESP, ESPN 2 simulcast where they were you know going big on Marvel in the soup I don't need that I, I, I like the sport I like to talk about the sport myself I don't need to kind of compare it to um and have you know two universes collide of the NBA and Marvel I don't I don't need that but you know, if that's entertaining to y'all, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. But the story is that uh, Draymond Green ended up winning it. He had, uh, they were giving you like a point. For every point, or for every basket you made, negative one point for all the um, all the shots you missed. A point for every assist. A point for every block. A point for every steal. A negative point for every turnover. Like a simple scoring system like that, and Draymond Green came out of the top. It was between like Steph Curry, Draymond Green, um, Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball for the uh, for the Pelicans. And Draymond Green ends up winning it. Now they, they did this right. the The NBA did do it right, better than what the NFL did. Remember that Nickelodeon MVP? You know, Mitch Trubisky in the play in the playoffs won the MVP, but lost the game. Real bizarre. And we clown Mitch Trubisky for that. And how funny that's the last award Mitch Trubisky will ever win in the NFL is the MVP. Uh, But they did it right this time. They gave you 10 points for the winning team to try to make sure that the losing, a player on the losing team did not win it. So I give the NBA and Marvel and whoever was involved in this props for that so we don't get, you know, Zion Williamson when they lost this game, the MVP or the Arena of Heroes champion. But it's Draymond Green. We're big fans of him here. So shout out to Draymond Green for winning it. But it's just it's just something to talk about I guess I, I don't know I don't know I truly don't even get why they did it but well I know why they did it to bring in younger a new audience I get it but we'll see if it worked I, I don't think it worked but we'll see we'll see if it worked All right and then maybe some good news here in the NBA Victor Oladipo tweets out at 12:06 a.m last night tonight. Two nights. Yesterday night. Last night. This night. This morning. There it is. This morning. 12.06am. Here we go. Uh, Victor Oladipo tweets out more life! Exclamation point. God is good! Exclamation point. I'm just getting started! Exclamation point. Hashtag blessed beyond measure! Exclamation point. So is Victor Oladipo getting cleared to finally come back and play for the Heat? Hopefully because they definitely need to run a little bit more on the floor with Victor Oladipo. ...with the starters, get this chemistry worked out because even with Victor Oladipo when he was healthy on the floor with the starters, they weren't winning games. It's it's not like they were unstoppable, unbeatable. They were losing a lot of the games where Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were all playing together. So they need to kind of take these last eight games that every team has... Try to kind of make sure their starting roster is going to work. They're all kind of in the same rhythm together. Still build that chemistry that's going to be needed to make a long playoff run here. So hopefully Victor Oladipo can come back soon. Hopefully this is what the tweet means. So we'll see what happens with the next heat game. But hopefully Victor Oladipo is out on the floor. All righty. <laughs> a quote here by Scott <laughs> geez a quote here by Scott Brooks of the Thunder says that he thinks Russell Westbrook can probably can probably go down as the second best point guard of all time now I love Russell Westbrook don't get me wrong I love I mean folks we praise this kind of you know motor to go a thousand percent every single game we praise that a uh, ton on the show, this is what we love, I wish I wish every single athlete did this, so yes, we definitely praise Russell Westbrook, but to say that he's probably going to go down as the second best point guard of all time, obviously can't be number one because of Magic Johnson on just his, his accomplishments in the league right from the get-go, getting it done, I mean, there's really no other point guard that really is going to be able to try and dethrone what Magic Johnson did. So to call R- Russell Westbrook kind of, you know, the, the best point guard outside of, you know, the greatest of all time in Magic Johnson, and, uh, I mean, we've got Chris Paul, come on, we've got um, Steph Curry, I mean, come on, I don't want to knock Russell Westbrook from not, for not winning, but I've got to knock him for not winning, yes, his game is truly impressive, yes, his triple doubles every single game, every single season, we're going to talk about that in just a second, but his triple doubles every single time he steps on the floor, yes, it's so impressive and it's so great, but it doesn't translate to wins, folks. I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about Russell Westbrook really this this much, as much as we are this season, if it was not for the playing tournament, folks. You think I care about a 10th seed here? The only reason we care about the 10th seed is because they expanded the playoffs to include the playing tournament for the 9th and 10th seed. So, yes, we love Russell Westbrook, but to call him the second best point guard of all time, come on, you've got to win, folks. Folks, you have to win. That's the only goal of sports is to win. Yes, your stats are good. Yes, you know... Not everybody's going to win in this league or any league. I get it. But you need to prove that you can at least win once. You've got to have the stats to back it up. He's got the stats, but we've gotta see you we've gotta see you winning. That's why we can't really have Chris Paul as the second best point guard of all time either, because he hasn't won. Yes, his career's great. Yes, kind of Chris Paul. Um, attributes to more winning by his own performance than Russell Westbrook does by his own performance. But we've got to see you win at least once or try to get to the finals or do something like that. And I think Russell Westbrook has gone to the finals uh, once with that Thunder. They, I think they ended up meeting LeBron in the finals one year. With that Kevin Durant, uh, did they get it or was it just the Western Conference Finals? But either way, he never won the ring. We've got to see you winning. You've got to win once. That's why we're really rooting for Chris Paul this season to go out and claim that number one seed in the West. Have a home court advantage so it makes it easier for Chris Paul to win a ring. Because we've got to see Chris Paul. I mean, he's a great point guard, folks. We've got to see him at least get a ring so we can continue to talk about Chris Paul 15, 20 years down the line when all this new talent emerges and other players start to win and we've got to still kind of, you know, be able to talk about Chris Paul, but he's got to win. So yes, we love Russ Westbrook and we're really trying not to clone him on the show at all just because of how great he is. But we've got to see you win. That's our one knock on Kyrie Irving. He thinks he's better than he is. He thinks he's kind of a number one option on a team, but he's not. He's a fantastic number two. He can play. He can play. He can ball. Nobody's saying he can't ball, but he hasn't won by himself. Can he win by himself? We've never really seen that. I'm not talking about winning titles by himself. I'm just talking about winning by yourself. Can you get into the playoffs? Can you win a playoff series by yourself? We haven't seen that from him, Uh, but we need to see Russell Westbrook win first. Kyrie Irving hit a big shot in the finals. Russell Westbrook hasn't. So, I mean, we've got to see you win. Win, win. you got to win, folks. You've got to win. Can't call Russell Westbrook the second best point guard of all time if he has not won. But then we get this, folks. He's going to be averaging another triple-double this season. Russell Westbrook will average a triple-double in a season for the fourth time in his career. He can record zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists in every game the rest of the season and still average a triple-double. Absolutely fantastic. Putting this kind of Washington team on his back. Besides him and Bradley Beal, this team is absolutely not good at all. They've got no... Alex Lenn is they're big folks Alex Len, come on so they've got no real great team over there in Washington but Russell Westbrook is literally doing everything in his power every single game to will them to some wins and you know to his credit they've got the 10th seed they're playing to the rules here hey we can be the 10th seed and still win the championship so what's the deal what's the big deal start talking about us a little bit more so shout out to the Wizards shout out to Russell Westbrook absolutely great but a little, little much on the second-best point guard of all time, in my opinion, at least for now, of not having a ring. All righty, <clears throat> those were all the stories we needed to cover for today, so let's head over to the NBA from last night. We'll break down the games, do our moneymaker for tonight's action, and then we'll start kind of talking about the remainder of the season for all these teams and kind of get our final placement of how we see the rankings, the standings, Officially being at the end of the season, we'll see what's the first round matchups, who's in the playing tournament, and we'll talk about it. So, But let's start here with the NBA from last night. And the first game to talk about is a bad one, but uh, we got to talk about it a little bit. Uh, Magic and the Pistons, two garbage teams, like we said. No Jeremy Grant still for the Pistons, so of course we don't expect them to win. A little close game here, 119-112 win for the Magic. Um. Anybody do good on the Magic. Their bench really got it done. Nothing great from the starters. Nobody scored more than 11 points on the starters. Gary Harris put up 11 points. And Wendell Carter Jr. at the 5 put up 11 points. So, I guess that's good. Y'all won. Congrats. But against the Pistons, nothing great. But look at this bench of Ignis Bresdacus. 14 points off the bench, RJ Hampton, 16 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds off the bench, Mo Bamba, 22 points, 15 rebounds off the bench, Chasen Randall, 16 points, 5 rebounds off the bench, just getting it done, so shout out to the bench. Uh, For the Pistons, Sadiq Bey had a great game, 26 points, 9 rebounds on 5 of 10 from 3, we'll take that, unfortunately just not enough and nobody else stepped up to kind of help him out a little bit. Um, Hamadio Diallo put up 16 points, 7 rebounds Frank Jackson off the bench put up 19 points, we'll take that But just nothing great between these two teams Both eliminated from the playoffs No chance of really kind of doing anything Getting into the playing tournament, no way, no how Um, So they're the worst two teams in the Eastern Conference, folks I don't know what you want Two bad teams still being bad And uh, one bad team wins That's the game from last night Alrighty, but a little bit of a better game here. The Wizards and the Pacers. The ninth seed versus the 10th seed and the Wizards get the job done. One of our moneymaker picks from last night. It was uh, Wizards minus 3.5. Minus 3.5? What do we got? Uh, Wizards minus 3.5, yeah. And it hits perfectly. They win 154-141. What an offensive explosion here by the Wizards. So, let's talk about that. Russell Westbrook only put up 14 points as well. How fantastic. But look at the stat line, folks. Truly look at this mother-loving stat line. 14 points, 24 assists, 21 rebounds. And he had six turnovers. We can absolutely, that's fine. Have six turnovers if you're having 20 assists, 20 rebounds. How wild. And he only took eight shot. So just facilitating the floor, getting it done. Then we get Raul Neto, nine points, eight assists. Alex Len 12 points, two rebounds. Folks, do you understand what I'm saying? When this Wizards team puts up, you know, 150 points, Raul Neto's only putting up nine and Alex Len's putting up 12. We cannot trust these players as really any meaningful production here on this team. But these are the players that went off. Rui Hachimura, 27 points, 7 rebounds. He shot 63%. Fantastic. Bradley Beal put up 26 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. And then this bench. Oh, my goodness. And let me tell you something, folks. If this Wizards bench can continue to play like they have been these last 5 games, I mean, we got to give credit up for for this Wizards bench. Where are they in their last 10? 8 and 2 in their last 10. And a lot of obviously, you know, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beale deserve most of the credit. Absolutely. But we're talking about this mother loving bench, folks, and they have been getting it done. Everybody's scoring here off the bench. Robin Lopez in 15 minutes, 11 points on 71% shooting. Ish Smith, 17 points off the or 17 minutes off the bench, 13 points on 75% shooting. Davis Burton's 14 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds off the bench. Yes, sir. 4 of 11 from 3 Chandler Hutchinson 16 minutes off the bench 13 points Three assists, three steals. Daniel Gafford, 15 minutes off the bench, 15 points on 100% shooting. Yes, sir. One, two, three, four, five players off the bench, all scoring 10 or more points. Exactly what we need. This Wizards team is getting right at the right time. That's why we love this playing tournament so much. That's why we love this Wizards team so much. They're winning at the end of the season. So much credit for this team. Shout out Wizards team, folks, truly. And let's see what they can do in this playing tournament. Maybe cause a little bit of ruckus in that first round. That's what we're looking for, and that's what we're expecting. Russell Westbrook going a dog um, out here every single night. Gotta love it. Alrighty, now this Pacers team, Sabone is still at the five. Mm, he still got it done. Caris LeVert had a great game. Just unfortunately, the Wizards just outscored him a little bit more, putting up a hundred I mean, once again, the Pacers putting up 141 points still looking good, but once again, losing. They could put up the points. They could play defense, but at the end of the day, they still lose for some reason. They can't win these games, folks. I don't understand how they have a better record than the Wizards. I truly don't. Um, but here we go. What is the official? Um, wow, the Wizards brought it within a half a game now for that ninth seed. Very well done for this Wizards team. Truly, man. Wow. All right, but let's talk about this Pacers team now. Edmund Sumner at the one, 10 points, two rebounds, one assist. Karis LeVert had a great game, 33 points, five assists, seven rebounds, 39% shooting on 28 shots. Sabonis at the five, 32 points, 19 rebounds, nine assists. He had six turnovers like Russell Westbrook. Doug McDermott, 11 points on 41% shooting. And then O'Shea Brissett, 10 points for rebounds. But then their bench, you know, solid production here from the bench. They only had one, two, three players in double-digit scoring where the Wizards had five. So, that's where the loss comes from. TJ McConnell put up 15 points, eight assists, nine rebounds off the bench in 31 minutes. Uh, uh, Justin Holiday 15 points, two assists. Aaron Holiday 15 points, three assists, two rebounds. So, the Pacers, they tried their best every single night. But we know it always comes up just short for them. And another loss here for the Pacers. Uh, luckily the, the Bulls and the Raptors are still kind of, you know, decent amount of games that, you know, three and a half games back from that ninth seed. So the Pacers shouldn't be in too much trouble, but they still need to continue to win some more games here to kind of make sure that they can, uh, get a play in tournament spots at least. But well done to the Wizards last night, getting another win. Alrighty, let's move on to the Warriors and the Pelicans and the Warriors get it done. 123-108 win over the Pelicans is just mother freaking Steph Curry, folks. Do you watch what this man does from the three-point line? It's just disrespectful on how great he is at shooting the three ball. It's like I have perfect defense. But it doesn't matter because he can hit it wherever he freaking wants. So, Warriors get the win. Another win without Kelly Oubre Jr. Folks, folks, folks. I don't make the games. I don't make these outcomes of the games. I just talk about them. In another game without Kelly Oubre Jr., he hurts them more than he helps them, folks. They win off the bench. They win when he's not there. When they're in the starting lineup, they can't win. That's just what we see, folks. You can't blame me for my brain recognizing these patterns, folks. That's what the brain does. They recognize patterns. Sue me. Sue me. Sue the brain. Sue the brain. Sue the brain. Uh, but here we go. The wiz- the Warriors. Here we go. Steph Curry, 41 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, 8 of 18 from the 3. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Kent Bazemore filling in at the 2 for Kelly Oubre Jr. 9 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. We'll take that. Kevon Looney down low, six points, two rebounds. You know, just being the beef down low, we guess. Draymond Green, ten points, fifteen assists, thirteen rebounds, triple double for the man. Like we know, this is what he does, folks. He's a stats cheat stuffer. He facilitates the floor. He's a great vocal leader defensively for the squad. So I hate the disrespect of Draymond Green. Y'all know I do. Andrew Wiggins, 26 points, 4 rebounds, can always count on this man, folks. Andrew Wiggins gets disrespected so much in this league, but a little bit of an unsung hero on this Warriors team. Always consistent, always consistent, and steps up big time here. Love it. Alrighty, off the bench here for the Warriors. Juan Toscano Anderson, 14 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds on 75% shooting. Very well done. The only shots he missed were 2 3-pointers. 3 pointers And then Jordan Poole off the bench as well. 11 points, 1 assist, 1 rebound. We'll take that. Give us those 10-plus points off the bench, especially without Kelly Oubre Jr. We need more scoring off the bench. And watch Scano Anderson, Jordan Poole take care of that for the bench. Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins take care of it for the starters. So well done for the Warriors getting a win here. Um, I believe they moved up a little bit. Yeah, wow, wow. Look at this Warriors team, folks. We saw them at the 10th seed here in the Western Conference for the longest time, but they've slowly worked their way up. They've passed the Grizzlies now officially for that eighth seed. So now the Warriors at eight, the Grizzlies at nine, and the Spurs at ten. Pelicans still outside looking in. I mean, what a what an opportunity wasted last night for this Pelicans team to try and get a game, an extra game lead for that playing tournament. But they lose, and now still kind of uh, two and a half games back from that tenth seed in the Spurs. So once again, the Pelicans just kind of missing an opportunity here. Unfortunately, Lonzo Ball didn't have a great game. I mean, I, this man never steps up in the biggest games, folks. I know y'all love Lonzo Ball, but come on, come on. Got to step it up a little bit sometime. Here we go. Lonzo Ball, will start with him. Seven points, eight assists, seven rebounds. The eight assists, seven rebounds, we love that, but seven points on 16% shooting on 18 shots. He took the third most shots, the second most shots in this game. Come on, that's not Lonzo's game. Facilitate the floor. Control the ball down low for, Andrew, for Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. But that's not what Lonzo Ball does here. Seven points on one of nine from three, three of 18 from the field. Absolutely not good. Eric Bledsoe, 11 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, he only took 7 shots. Willie Hernandez still at the five with no Steve Adams. Uh, 10 points, seven rebounds. Zion Williamson, 32 points, eight rebounds on 50% shooting. Brandon Ingram, a little bit of a light night. 19 points, forces, two rebounds, one of four from three, and 45% from the field. So um, could have been a little bit better here. Zion just kind of doing what Zion does. He's the only real consistent scorer. Brandon Ingram's usually consistent. Eric Bledsoe doesn't show us anything great. And Lonzo Ball is really kind of streaky most the games. Off the bench here for the Pelicans nothing great we got uh, Najee Marshall 12.6 rebounds that's good but that's really it. Jackson Hayes put up nine points four rebounds in 14 minutes on 100% shooting love seeing that but just nothing else great here off this bench for the Pelicans. Lanza Ball a little bit of a flounder and that's why they lose uh, pretty decently 123-108 over the Warriors. All righty, let's move on to the Blazers and the Hawks now. All righty, the Blazers, you know, four-game winning streak unfortunately comes to an end against the Hawks, but you know that's why we told y'all to stay to stay away from this game just because we weren't really sure if this Blazers team was kind of legit, and we kind of turns out that they're not that uh, not that unstoppable anymore. So let's start here with the Hawks. Trey Young, Bog- Bogdan Bogdanovich, their classic lineup here. Trey Young, twenty-one points, eleven assists, six rebounds on. One of six from three could have been a little bit better. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 25 points, led the team in scoring. Oh, no. Daniel Gallinari off the bench led the team in scoring. But Bogdan Bogdanovich, 25 points on seven of 14 from the three. Jeez. Clint Capella, 11 points, 10 rebounds. John Collins, 15 points, 8 rebounds. And then Tony Snell at the 3 to round out the starters here. 6 points and only 3 shots and 3 rebounds to go along with that. So, well done by the starters here. All kind of getting it done. And then this bench. Yes, sir. Danilo Gallinari stepping up big time here. Led the team in scoring 28 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, no turnovers. Fantastic. 7 of 10 from 3 off the bench. Yes, sir. Going out on his curry out there love seeing that but I'm a little disappointed here Kevin Herter off the bench four points on 25% shooting off the bench Lou Williams four points five assists on 25% shooting off the bench wish they were a little bit more consistent here for this Hawks bench but well done for Trey Young and Bogdan Bogdanovich still getting it done even though they've you know just came back to this team you know, for you know Trey Young, I think uh two two or three games Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think this was his first game back from uh, you know missing a couple. But well done for the Hawks last night to stay you know stay stay at it, stay at what they do. Um, so fantastic there. Now for the Blazers, what happened here? All righty, here we go. Damian Lillard, 33 points, 8 assists, 2 rebounds on 6 of 11 from 3. So Damian Lillard had a great night scoring the ball and CJ McCollum, 20 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. He shot 2 of 7 from 3, not as efficient from 3 as we've kind of seen on that four-game winning streak from the Blazers. So a huge reason here which just kind of reaffirms of what we've been saying is that Damian Lillard just for some reason cannot win with these starters. We Remember in the uh, the kind of first half of the season when it was just Damian Lillard. McCollum was out with the injury. Nurchich was out for the injury. And then we had Derek Jones in the starting lineup and uh, Ennis Cantor in the starting lineup. And they were getting it done, winning games consistently. Damian Lillard being the big shot every single night. But, you know, now that McCollum's back and Nurchich is back, if, Dillard, if Damian Lillard has a good game, it's like they lose. It's just kind of wild to think about and see. It truly is. But that's what we get last night. Damian Lillard, leading score, they lose. I don't know what to tell y'all. That's what that's what it is. But here we go. CJ McCollum, like we said, 20 points on 2 of 7 from 3. Nurchich, 4 points, 9 rebounds, a light game by him. During this 4-game winning streak, Nurchich was getting it done every game. Robert Covington at the 4, 9 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. Norman Powell at the 3, 15 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists on 3 of 5 from the 3. And then Carmelo Anthony still got it done off the bench, 14 points. We'll take that. Ennis Cantor, 4 points, 5 rebounds. And that was really it. So, little lackluster off the bench. Little lackluster for Powell and McCollum. And they end up losing this game here against the Hawks. So, I love to root for this Blazers team, but I don't know, man. Damian Lillard, uh, when he has to kind of share the floor, they don't win. And it's truly unfortunate. So, well done for the Hawks to get back on track last night. Alrighty, next game up, the 76ers and the Bulls. And, man, oh, man, the Bulls just unfortunate here. Not the greatest of a fight last night. Still four games back now from that 10th seed. So we gave our bowl, we gave the Bulls our kind of energy and rooting for them for a little bit this season. But it's unfortunately almost uh, come to a complete stop here, I would say. Uh, so well done by the 76ers last night to get the win, 106-94. Let's talk about the 76ers. Seth Curry still at the one. Ben Simmons still at the two. So once again, keeping up with that. And Seth Curry had a great night. 20 points. 4 assists. 4 rebounds. 3 of 5 from 3. 70% from the field. This is what we're talking about. Love to see kind of uh, Doc Rivers switch up this kind of roster right before the playoffs to see if this is a kind of valuable lineup that works and wins games. And it is. So you gotta shout out what Doc Rivers is doing here. Fantastic. So Seth Curry had a great night. Ben Simmons at the two. 15 points. 5 assists. 6 rebounds, efficient as heck, 6 of 7 from the field, so still him getting it done at the 2, Joel Embiid, 13 points 10 rebounds, Tobias Harris 21 points, 9 rebounds, Danny Green, 14 points, 4 steals 3 assists, 4 rebounds on 4 of 9 from 3, what an absolutely great performance here by the starters, every single one of them getting it done, and then off the bench, they didn't need too much Dwight Howard, only 1 point, but 7 rebounds in 14 minutes Uh, Matisse Dybul, 8 points and 20 minutes off the bench, Shake Milton, 9 points points, three assists on 14 minutes off the bench, so not bad there. The starters really all got it done, so shout out to the 76ers team. Love seeing Seth Curry at the one because it is truly working out here. Finally, we're seeing Seth Curry have consistently good games here in the starting lineup. We really haven't seen that all season, so Seth Curry at the one is truly getting it done. And now back to the Bulls, Uh, still no Zach Levine, Vucevic didn't even play last night, so really no freaking shot in heck for this team to win. So this was their starting lineup that they went with, Kobe White at the 1, Garrett Temple at the 2, Patrick Williams at the 3, Daddy Sung at the 4, and Daniel Tice at the 5. Daniel Tice played 40 minutes, folks, holy moly. All right, here we go. Let's start with Kobe White first. 23 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds, 5 of 10 from 3. Garrett Temple only 7 points on 6 shots Daniel Tice 11 points 8 rebounds on 40 minutes and 40% from the field Thaddeus Young 13 points 3 assists 4 rebounds on 46% on 13 shots Patrick Williams 5 points on 25% shooting really lackluster jobs here Thaddeus Young you know in and out of this starting lineup really doesn't improve his game so really kind of have to officially cross this man off as six man of the year I mean six man of the year I mean Jordan Clarkson steps it up when you know without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Connolly, and when he has to be the starting point guard he steps it up Thaddeus Young doesn't really do that here so we you know we tracked it for a little bit but unfortunately I think we are going to have to take Thaddeus Young officially out of our six man of the year discussion a little unfortunate but we need more wins here for this Bulls team and that's not what we're getting here at all so nothing great from the starting lineup besides Kobe White off the bench, uh, Thomas points, 10.6 assists, 4 rebounds. And Denzel Valentine, 11 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. So, once again, just nothing great here from the starters consistently. Nothing great from the bench. And the Bulls lose another game. Not great. Alrighty. Next game up Knicks and the Grizzlies. And this was. This was one of our moneymaker picks from last night As well, Knicks No, Knicks plus three, they were getting three points Last night, correct? Yes, they were Knicks plus three, and they win outright Once again, we love this Knicks team We can bet on them, they keep every game Close, Uh, but this one was a blowout So I guess we have to call this Grizzlies team A not good team, because we say We've been saying this Knicks This Knicks team blows out Bad teams, and they blew them out By 14, so you gotta give this Knicks team A ton of credit, so let's see who got it done here, the usual suspects, but let's kind of talk about it. So here we go. Julius Randle led the team in scoring 28 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, 5 of 8 from 3. Yes, sir. Uh, RJ Barrett, 15 points, 7 rebounds. Alfred Payton, 10 points, 2 steals, 2 assists, 5 rebounds. Yes, sir. Reggie Bullock, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. Yes, sir. And then Derek, mother-loving Rose, folks. Give it up. 25 points on 73% shooting Derrick Jones Derrick Rose is like hang on I know our bench has to get a lot of points from everybody but y'all can't do it consistently so I'm gonna put y'all on my back and I'm put up 25 uh, a night here so well done to Derrick Rose fantastic Emmanuel quickly put up 8 points on 50% shooting. Alec Burks put up 9 points on 57% shooting. So we'll give him that as well. If Derrick Rose is going crazy off the bench, these 8 and 9 point productions are still great. So fantastic here. Everybody on this Knicks team from the starters to the bench get it done. And uh, Taj Gibson, let's shout out this man. He was getting it done from the starters because no Nerlens Noel and he still got it done. Taj Gibson 6 points, 12 rebounds in the starting rotation. A plus Seven, getting it done defensively, and that's what we know. They're led by Tom Thibodeau, folks, a defensive guru in this league. So shout-out to the Knicks here, still getting, getting it done and truly impressive here uh, for the win. All righty, here we go. Grizzlies, their starting lineup was intact. Grayson Allen's first game back, but I still think that man may still be a little concussed because he didn't have a great night. Neither did John Morant. But let's talk about here we go. Let's talk about this Grizzlies team. Here we go. John Morant, eight points, six assists, five rebounds on 0 of 4 from the three and 2 of 14 from the field. An awful night by John Morant. Grayson Allen had a bad offensive night. Two points on 0-5 from the field, 0-4 from three. Couldn't get it done. Jonas Valanciunas 11 points, 16 rebounds. Kyle Anderson, 13 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. And then Dylan Brooks, he led the team in scoring with 25 points, but look at all this other offensive totals here by um, by the starting roster. Absolutely garbage. Luckily, this Grizzlies team was a little, you know, close in this game. I guess kept it decently competitive. Not Truly, but thanks to the bench of Jaron Jackson Jr. putting up 15 points and Desmond Bain putting up 22 points and 8 rebounds off the bench, Helped this Grizzlies team make it a little close, but John Moran and Grayson Allen lighting this Grizzlies town big time last night. So well done for the Knicks getting the win on the road. Alright, let's go to the Jazz and the Spurs now. Jazz win 110-99 over the Spurs. Who did good for the Jazz? Um, Joe Ingles still at the starting point guard. 13 points, 9 assists, we like that. 2 of 7 from 3, could have been a little bit better. Royce O'Neal still at the 2, 7 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Rudy Gobert, 24 points, 15 rebounds. Georges Niang, 11 points on 40% shooting, 3 of 6 from 3. Alrighty, Georges Niang maybe a little bit better than what we've been seeing recently from them. And then Bohan Bogdanovich, the Bogdanovich brothers, folks. I don't think they're related, but if you got the last name Bogdanovich, you're going to be an elite scorer in this league. 25 points, 2 of 7 from the 3, but those 25 points, the team is scoring. We'll take that all day. Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Look at this: 16 points, five assists, six rebounds, two of 10 from three, seven of 20 from the field. He just puts up a lot of shots, folks. I don't really know if I want to give this man six men of the year. We'll see where the Mavericks finish with Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench. Potentially him being uh, him and Montrose Harold. That's the three that we're kind of choosing between at the current moment: Jordan Clarkson, Montrose Harold, and Tim Hardaway Jr. for six men of the year. So well done for the Jazz. Uh, For the Spurs, DeMar DeRozan, 22 points and 6 assists. And then nothing else great. The second highest score was Rudy Gay off the bench with 17 points. Then DeJounte Murray with 15 points in the starting lineup. So Spurs lose. We know this. We know they lose, folks. And then the last game of the night, the Lakers and the Nuggets. The Lakers get the nice 4-point win here. Lakers 93, Nuggets 89. Little lackluster offensive shooting here for the Nuggets. So let's see why. Fikando Capazzo 8 points 8 assists he's still the starting point guard PJ Dozier 3 points on 16% shooting on 6 shots needed to be way better than that Jokic did his thing, 32 points, 5 assists, 9 rebounds. Aaron Gordon, 5 points on 28% shooting. Once again, he's not really getting it done offensively. He's a great defender, a plus lay down the floor, but still, points need to come from somewhere, especially without Jamal Murray. Usually, Michael Porter Jr. picks up the slack, but he only had 19 points, 6 rebounds, 2 of 7 from 3. Usually, we're seeing him in like 25 plus point categories. So, a little light on Michael Porter Jr., but still decent overall. And then off the bench, ja- uh, Javel McGee putting up 10 points and three rebounds off the bench, but then just nothing great. Austin Rivers, three points, six assists. Only took three shots, so he can't kind of knock them too much. But uh, an unfortunate loss by the Nuggets here. Not going to put too much weight into it. Um, you know, they're still good, and we still, you know, believe them to kind of be the number one seed. We You know, them losing against the Lakers isn't making us panic about having them as our number one seed. We're still fine with that. Um, and then the Lakers last night, who stepped up big time here? Caruso, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. KCP, 10 points on 25%, shooting 7 rebounds. Andre Drummond, 4 points, 0 rebounds. How do you got 0 rebounds on there? I don't, I don't know that. I don't know how the heck that happened. Um, Anthony Davis, 25 points, led the team in scoring 7 rebounds. Kyle Kuzma in the starting lineup at the 3, 6 points, 4 rebounds. Nothing great there. Off the bench, Montrezl Harrell only played five or 9 minutes, 5 points, 5 rebounds. Taylen Horn-Tucker, 10 points off the bench. Marcus Gasol, 10.7 rebounds off the bench in 16 minutes. So, a little bit of a better bench here than what the Nuggets had. And uh, they lose a close one here. But, uh, you know, we, we 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 saw them lose a the game before. They brush it off with another big win streak. They're still, uh, I want to say they're like 8-2 and two in their last 10. What do we got? Yeah, 8-2 in their last 10. So we're not worried about this Nuggets team of losing to the Lakers. We just have to see if they can kind of bounce back and get back on track. Then that's when we'll start to have a little bit of issues if they don't kind of get bounced back from this win. From, the, from this loss. Jeez. All righty, that was all the NBA from last night. Let's see what we have on tap for today and do our moneymaker. Let's try to go through this a little quickly so we can squeeze in our main segment today. Uh, But here we go. This is what we have on tap for today. Suns, Cavs, Hornets, Pistons, round two of Nets, Bucks on TNT 730. Going to be a great one. If you missed the first one, don't miss this one. Uh, Mavericks, Heat, that's going to be a great game. Warriors, Pelicans again. Kings, Thunder, and Raptors, Clippers, 10 o'clock on TNT for the late game. So, those are all the games. Uh, let's refresh the line for tonight's action. We went to 2-1 officially last night. Wizards minus 3.5. Knicks plus 3 hitting. Nuggets minus 3.5. Unfortunately, they lose by 4. So, this is what we have for tonight. First game up, Suns and Cavs. Suns minus 13. Cavs plus 13. For the Suns, Jay Crowder is still out. Hopefully, he can get, he can get back in time before the playoffs start. And Cameron Payne is the game time decision. For the Cavs, Larry Dance Jr. is out. Isaiah Hartenstein is out. Darius Garland is out, unfortunately, and Lamar Stevens. So we're going to have to stay away from this one. Just a little bit too much uh, to swallow than we like, so we'll stay away from it. Hornets, Pistons. Hornets minus three, Pistons plus three. All righty, Hornets. Big game here for them. Uh, Gordon Hayward out, Cody Martin out, Devontae Graham out, Miles Bridges out, P.J. Washington out, Oh no, Hornets, Hornets, no, no, Uh, they're the eighth seed right here, really kind of hard for them to move up, they do have their work cut out for them, you know, two and a half games back from that seventh seed if they want to move up one spot, so hope this Hornets team can still win here. For the Pistons, Mason Plumlee, game-time decision. Ronnie Magruder out. Corey Joseph, game-time decision. Wayne Ellington, game-time decision. Jeremy Grant, game-time decision. Jaleel Okafor is out. And Dennis Smith is out. We're going to stay away from this one. Don't trust the Pistons. And with all those outs there for the Hornets, can't trust them minus three either. Alrighty, here we go again. Nets plus two. Bucks minus two. We had the Nets plus two and a half. They lost by three in their first meeting. The Nets are still plus two. James Harden and Chris Chiaz is out. So they are going to get Nicholas Claxton back. Hopefully to help out with that beef down low that they got absolutely destroyed with in their first meeting. For the Bucs, Jeff Teague is out. Bobby Portis is a game time decision. So, you know, a little less off the bench with Jeff Teague, a little bit, bit there for the Bucs. But with Nicholas Claxton being in, I think we're going to take the points here with the Nets again. Let's see if this Nets team can kind of, you know, split here with the Bucs. This is a huge game. Can Kevin Durant go off again for 40? Um, can Ka- Can Kyrie Irving be a little bit more efficient shooting the ball and having, Nick- having Nicholas Claxton there definitely is going to help him down? Down low because Giannis was eating all all day down low, folks. We all saw that. So we're gonna take the Nets plus two here. Let's take the points again and let's see if the Nets can get it done here against the Bucks for uh, round two. All righty, then we get the Mavericks in the Heat. Mavericks plus three and a half. Heat minus three and a half. All righty here for the Heat. Let's see if Victor Oladipo's good to go now. Kristaps Porzingis is a game time decision. Maxi Kleber's a game time decision. Tyrell Terry's out. Um, Andre Iguodala's game-time decision. Victor Oladipo is still out, so... Maybe that tweet was for their next game. Um, And then Tyler Hero is also out. But this is going to be a great game here. Two teams that are just trying to kind of stay above water here. Heat the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. The Mavericks the sixth seed in the Western Conference. Mavericks only a half a game back from falling into the seventh seed in the playing tournament. The Heat only a game back from falling down to number seven and into the playing tournament. So a must-win game for both these teams. We'll just watch this one and see who comes out on top. But this is going to be a great one. All righty. Then we get the Warriors and the Pelicans. We just saw this game last night. Probably we'll stay away from this one again. Um, For the Warriors, Damian Lee is a game-time decision. Kelly Oubre Jr. is still out. So maybe they do get the win here again. For the Pelicans, Steven Adams is a game-time decision. Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander-Walker are still out. So we'll see if Steven Adams goes in the back-to-back. But we don't take the back-to-back, so we stay away from Warriors-Pelicans. Definitely don't take back to backs when it's literally back to back days. Definitely don't do that. Um, Kings Thunder. Kings minus five. Thunder plus five here. Wow, Kings minus five? I get five points for this Thunder team. If Shea Gillis Alexander's there, I'm taking the five. I don't care. Uh Harrison Barnes, game time decision. De'Aaron Fox is still out. But they went with the Aaron without De'Aaron Fox or two and no oh without the man. Uh for the Thunder. Oh no. Shea Gillis Alexander is out. Dort is good to go. Impukovset. Puko Savetsky is a game-time decision. So, I guess we'll stay away from this one. No Shea Gilles, Alexander. And then the last game of the night, the Raptors and the Clippers. Raptors plus 9.5, Clippers minus 9.5. For the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet is a game-time decision. And Chris Boucher is out. And OG Newby is a game-time decision. And Gary Trent Jr. is a game-time decision. For the Clippers, just Patrick Beverly, Serge Ibaka, and Amir Coffey are all out. So, uh is good to go. Paul George is good to go. So, Damn, really no great value here tonight. Um, the Raptors are kind of in a little bit of a must-win here, at that number 11 seed, three games back for that 10th seed. So we're gonna bet on the Raptors tonight. They may not win, but we're gonna kind of keep. We're gonna bet on them keeping it close because this is a must-win game. We'll take the plus nine and a half for them. Just a must-win game. Beef up our money maker a little bit here. So, here we go. This is what we got. We're betting, again, on the Nets plus 2 and the Raptors plus 9.5 for tonight's action. righty, let's head over to our main topic today, which is going through the remainder of the schedules here for these playoff teams. We're going to go through, say their final record, and then we'll have a clear picture For these last about eight games for everybody involved to see which teams are going to shore up their playoff positioning. Which team's going to claim the number one seed in the East and West. I mean, the Nets, the 76ers are currently the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. But the Nets are only a game back at the number two. And the Jazz, currently the number one seed. And the Suns are only a half a game back. And we've seen, you know, the Suns just overtake the one. They just lost it again. So, you know, you got eight games to go and prove that you deserve it. So... And then the playing tournaments, Wizards are at that number 10 seed, Raptors three games back from um from the playing tournament at number 11, Spurs the 10th seed in the Western Conference, Pelicans two and a half games back at that eleven that seed for the playing tournament, so let's go through the entire schedule here, pick the winner and losers of these games, of these remaining eight games, and let's total them out and have our final official prediction of the final standings. After the regular season, at the end of the regular season. So let's start here. We'll start here with the Eastern Conference first. Just going to go through one through uh, 12. Are we going through 12? The Bulls still have a shot. Four games back and the Cavs have been mathematically eliminated. So we're going to probably take the first, the top 12 teams here in the Eastern and Western Conference. So let's go through these quickly. Here we go. Let's bring up the 76ers. We'll start with them first since they're the number one seed in the East. So here we go. Philadelphia's remaining schedule. Let's get that up. All righty. First of all, how many games have they got left? Houston, Pelicans, Pistons, pacers, heat, magic, magic. So seven games left. Alrighty. Their next game against the Rockets, that's an easy win for them, no problem there, then they go and face the Pelicans, once again, another pretty much easy win, this Pelicans team is not that competitive against the best teams, folks, and like we said, this uh, 76ers team is the best team in the East, they're one of the most deepest teams, switching Seth Curry over to the number one has been working out for them, so yes, they beat the Pelicans, they beat the Pistons, that's an easy team, this Pacers team is an easy team, they beat them easy peasy, now they run into the heat, I'm still going to have the 76ers win, but this is going to be a big competitive game for them. And then to close out the season, they face the Magic twice. We're going to give them seven more wins here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, sir. They win all of them. They beat the Rockets, Pelicans, Pistons, Pacers, Heat, Orlando. Twice. Alrighty, we'll keep that in mind for when we talk about the Heat. They lose to the 76ers. When we talk about the Pacers, they lose to the 76ers. We are going to keep that in mind. Alrighty, so the 76ers go seven and zero remaining. So their new record officially is. Uh 51 in 21 on the 72 game schedule. So well done. 51 in 21. officially the 76ers close out the season on a flawless run. Alrighty, let's go to the Nets now. their remaining schedule. Alrighty, the Nets, how many games do they got remaining? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven as well. So here we go. Now they got a little bit of a tougher one here. They faced the Bucks tonight. Well, we're going to have to go. I know we just bet them in our Moneymaker plus two. But they just lost to them. So I think we're going to count this one as a loss as well. So they lose against the Mavericks. We'll have them winning against Dallas officially. They'll probably split one of these games. We'll have them beating Dallas. Then they go and face Denver. And I don't think uh, they beat the Denver Nuggets. I like what they've got there. I love what the Nuggets are doing. So we have them losing against the Bucks. We have them beating the Mavericks. I've got this Nets team losing to the Nuggets. Uh, they beat the Bulls, no problem. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Bulls again. And then they beat Chicago for the last game. Alrighty, so they get one, two, three, four, five more wins, two losses in their last seven games. So they go to 48-24. in Alrighty, the Bucks here now. Let's go to their schedule. A chance to potentially move up a little bit of beating the Nets here again. The Bucs, um Milwaukee. I was gonna say, what the hell is their freaking city? <laughs> Alright, Milwaukee, here we go. How many games they got left? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They got eight games left. righty, here we go. Against Brooklyn. We say that they get the win. They beat the Nets. uh against the Wizards. This is gonna be a great game, but I gotta give it up for the Bucks here. They beat the Wizards. But I definitely am interested in that game. They beat the Rockets, no problem. Rockets. They beat the Spurs, no problem. They beat the Magic, no problem. They beat the Pacers, no problem. Alrighty, last two games. Miami. I'll give them a loss against Miami here. um, Just so they don't go undefeated, they possibly can. But uh, maybe they lose once against Miami. Maybe that Brooklyn they lose. So we'll give them one loss here against Miami. And then they beat Chicago. So... They officially go 7-1 and one in their last eight. All right, so let's uh, add more wins and losses for them. So they uh, will officially finish 47-25, which is one worse than the Nets. So uh, they can't make it up fully. So the 76ers are still at one, the Nets are still at two, and the Bucks are still at three so far. Let's see if the Knicks can catch them. I don't think they can, but let's see what they've got on their schedule. Just a little bit too much back here for the Knicks, I think, to be able to catch anybody. But let's see if they can kind of keep that fourth seed that they're in right now. Alrighty, here we go. The Knicks' remaining schedule. How many games they got left? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left. Here we go. They face the Nuggets. Ooh, I love the Knicks. I can't give them a win against the Nuggets. I'm still buying this Nuggets team, even though they lost against the Lakers last night. We're counting that as just a little bit of an unfortunate loss. We Teams have those all the time, but the Knicks bounce back from theirs. They just lost to the Suns by eight. They bounce back on the three-game winning streak. Uh, that's how we say, you know, the Nuggets did. They lost a game without Jamal Murray. They bounce back with some more wins. So I'm not worried about this Nuggets team. So, unfortunately, the, the Knicks do lose against the Nuggets. Uh, They lose against the Suns. I don't think they're ready to kind of compete with them the oh my god a brutal Schedule up here. Let's just talk about I'll just name them real quick The Nuggets the Suns the Clippers the Lakers the Spurs the Hornets the Celtics man. Oh, man a really brutal schedule here So they lose against the Nuggets. They lose against the Suns. They lose against the Clippers. Unfortunately I'll have them beating the Lakers. I'll give them a win there. They beat the Spurs They beat the Hornets. And I think they beat the Celtics, their last game of the season. So, we'll have them, um, you know, getting it done in the back in the end of the season, but these three games, man, oh man, this is a tough gauntlet to run these next three games. Nuggets, Suns, Clippers. And this is going to tell us if the Knicks are the real deal. Are they ready to kind of make that next step? Yes, they're playoff contenders and we will probably win the first round, but once we start to get to that second, third round, can this Knicks team, can they win the series? Can they steal a couple of games? That's This is going to be determined with these next three games. All on the road as well. Jeez Louise. Alrighty, so we have the uh, Knicks finishing one, two, four, and three in their last uh, seven games here. So let's add that total to their standings currently. So they finish at 41 and th- 31. 41 and 31, which will be what the Knicks finish. Alrighty, let's go to the Hawks now. Here we go. Let's get their schedule up. Here we go. How many games do they got left on the schedule? One, two, three, four, five, six. Ooh, only six more games. But here we go against the Suns. It's gonna be a good one, but I'm gonna have them losing against the Suns. Suns are the real deal. Um so they lose against the Suns. They beat the Pacers. That's easy. Wizards I'm gonna have them split with the Wizards they face Wizards back-to-back here they split it one win one loss So we had them splitting against the Wizards back-to-back here then they beat the Magic and then they beat the Rockets so we had them going one two three four and two in their last six games Four and two alrighty, so let's add that total to their remaining standings and they will be 40 and 32. Once again, they stay at the fifth seed. So nobody has moved at all. 76ers stay at one. Nets stay at two. Bucks stay at three. Knicks stay at four. Hawks stay at five. And that brings us up to the Heat. All righty. Here we go. Getting the Heat up. Alrighty, the Heat have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left. Dallas, Minnesota, Celtics twice, 76ers, Bucks, and the Pistons. So here we go. The Heat against the Mavericks. Ugh, this is gonna be a tough one. Uh they are at home for it. I'm gonna give the win for the Heat here. Bam out of Bio versus Pan- Porzingis. We're gonna get it up for the Heat here. So the Heat beat the Mavericks. And then against the Timberwolves. Ooh, you know how much we love the Timberwolves. But I'm going to give the Heat the win here. But we will take the points with that Timberwolves team. Don't get us wrong there. Absolutely. We'll take those. Probably be like six points, maybe. And we'll take those points all day. Uh, so they beat the Mavs. They beat the T Wolves. Going to have them split against the Celtics here. They face them back to back. So split against the Celtics. Um, we had them losing against the 76ers. So we got to count that as a loss. Um, we have them losing against the Bucks. Yep, we do have that. Or no, do we have them beating the Bucks? I forgot what I said. I forgot what I wrote down here. They beat the Nets, the Wizards, the Rockets. Did we count it as that Miami, the their game that they lose? I think we did give them the win. I think we did give Miami the win there. All right, so let's give Miami the win here against the Bucs. They beat the Bucks. Their outside shooting should be able to kind of beat them. And then they beat the Pistons. So they go 5-2 and two in their last seven, beating the Mavs, the Timberwolves, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Pistons losing against the Celtics in the 76ers here. So they go 5 and 2 in their last 7. So let's add their total to them. And the Heat are now 40 and 32. Did we miss a game with this Hawks team? 40 and 32. So the Hawks and the Heat are both tied at 40 wins and 32 losses. Um, don't know who has a tiebreaker between these two teams. They don't face each other in those kind of final eight games, so we'll see how it is. We'll just kind of leave it at the Hawks at five and the Heat at six, both in this kind of playing tournament. All right, let's go to the Celtics now. At Number seven, what is their schedule looking like remaining? Alrighty, for the Celtics, they've got uh, seven games left. They face the Magic, the Bulls, the Heat twice, the Cavs, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the New York Knicks. So, the Celtics, they beat the Magic. They beat the Bulls. We have them splitting against Miami. Uh, They beat the Cavs, no problem. Do they beat the Timberwolves? I have the Timberwolves beating one of these teams here, and I'm going to have them beating the Celtics. So they lose against the T Wolves. And we have the Knicks beating the Celtics. So we've got the Celtics losing to the Knicks there. So the Celtics go one, two, three, four, and three in their last seven, which brings them to. 38 wins and 36 losses. So they will be the seventh seed. The Heat and the Hawks still having the same record. Maybe 1-5, maybe 1-6. But the main story is that they're 5-6 and six and they're both in the playoffs, not in the playing tournament. So the Celtics will be in the playing tournament. Now the Hornets at number 8 now. All righty, let's get their schedule up will a team switch positions here in the final eight games has not seen like it yet but we've still got more to go. Here we go. This Hornets team. How many games have they got left? Jeez. They got Detroit, Chicago, Magic, Pelicans, Nuggets, Clippers, Knicks and Washington. They've got eight games remaining. So, here we go. The Hornets, they beat the Pistons. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Magic. Uh can they beat the Pelicans? I wish they can, man. I do think they can do that. I do think they can do that. Do we give them the win? Uh, let's give them a loss there. We're going to give them a loss against the Pelicans. Uh, they lose against the Nuggets. They lose against the Clippers. We have them losing... We have them losing against the Knicks, unfortunately. And then what do we have against the Wizards? What do we got the Wizards? We didn't do the Wizards yet? Alrighty, So Hornets, Wizards, going to have to give it up for this Hornets team. Going to give the Hornets the win over the Wizards there. So the Hornets finish one, two, three, four, and four in their last eight games. Alrighty, let's go to add. Let's go and add that to their total. So they finish with thirty-five wins and thirty-seven losses, staying at number eight here. Now the Pacers up next at number nine. Alrighty, their remaining schedule, the Kings, the Hawks, the Wizards, the Cavs, the 76ers, the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Raptors. Eight games as well left for this Pacers team. Alrighty, they probably beat the Kings, as should be an easy one. They lose against the Hawks. They lose against the Wizards. They can beat the Cavs. They lose against the 76ers. They lose against the Bucks. They lose against the Lakers. And they lose against the Raptors. So they go two and six in their last eight games. I said that to their total. So they finish thirty-two and forty. Not the greatest. Alrighty, that brings us to the Wizards at number ten. Alrighty, Wizards remaining schedule. Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, Hawks twice. Cavs in the Hornets, seven games left. Alrighty, they lose to the Bucks. Uh, what do we say about the Raptors? Did we get to them yet? We did not get to them. So I'm gonna say that they beat the Raptors. We're giving the Wizards the win over the Raptors. They beat the Pacers. We'll have them do we have them split against the Hawks? Yes, we do. All right, split against the Hawks. Uh, they beat the Cavs. And what do we say about the Hornets? I think we had them beating the Wizards. We did, unfortunately. So they do lose against the Hornets. All righty, so they finish 4-3 uh, and three in their last seven. So let's add up their total. And the Wizards will finish... 34 and 39. Is that right? 38. 34 and 38. And they would move up to that ninth seed. So they go to the ninth seed. Pacers fall to the 10th seed. But let's see if this Raptors and Bulls team can get into the playing tournament now. So let's go to the Raptors at number 11. A lot of work to be done. But let's see what the remaining schedule is looking like. Alrighty, their remaining schedule, the Clippers, the Wizards, the Grizzlies, the Clippers again, the Bulls, the Mavs, the Pacers, seven games left. Here we go, against the Clippers, they lose against the Clippers. Uh, We have them losing against Washington, the Wizards. Uh, I gotta say they lose against the Grizzlies as well. They lose against the Clippers as well, I can't even have them splitting against the Clippers. Um, I'll have them beating the Bulls, but Zach Levine's probably going to be back at that time. So a big matchup for both of these teams, but we'll give the Raptors the benefit of the doubt in the head-to-head matchup. Mavericks will have them beating the Mavs, give them an extra win, and then we'll have them beating the Pacers as well. Alrighty, so the Raptors finish... With three and four in their last seven games. So let's add that total. Is it going to be enough to get into the playing tournament? They finish with 30 wins and 42 losses. Not enough to beat the 10th seeded Pacers at 32 wins. Unfortunate. Now that leaves the Bulls. Can the Bulls get it done? unfortunate. I mean, there's opportunity, folks. I mean, this Pacers team, we have them going two and six in their last eight, just unfortunately for this Raptors team having to face the Clippers twice, having to face the Grizzlies. Maybe they can beat the Wizards, but still they would need to find one more game to try and get to potentially have the tiebreaker over the Pacers, so tough for the Raptors here, tough closing out schedule, but let's finish off here with the Bulls in the Eastern Conference, they have a chance here to get in the playing tournament, let's see if they take it, their last games against the Hornets, the Celtics, the Pistons, the Nets, the Raptors, the Nets again in the Bucks. oh boy, tough schedule here, alrighty, against the Hornets, we have them, Uh, we've got the Hornets beating the Bulls, unfortunately. So the Bulls lose to the Hornets. They lose to the Celtics. They beat the Pistons. They lose to the Nets. They lose to the Raptors. They lose to the Nets again. And then they lose to the Bucks. So a real tough schedule here for the Bulls as well. They finished 1-6 and six in their last seven. Add the one extra game for them. They finished 27-35. and 35. Yikes. So this is how we have it. The 76ers still the one. The Nets still the two. The Bucks still the three. The Knicks still the four. The Hawks still the five. The Heat still the six. The c- Celtics still number seven. The Hornets still number eight, but the Wizards number nine, and the Pacers number ten. So no new additions here. The Raptors can't get it. The, the Raptors don't get in the playing tournament. The Bulls don't get in the playing tournament, and basically everything's the same besides the eight besides the ninth, and the tenth seed. So no real movement here from what we are expecting in the final eight games in the Eastern Conference. Alrighty, let's head over to the Western Conference now. This is how it is. Jazz 1, Suns 2, Nuggets 3, Clippers 4, Lakers 5. Well done for the Lakers. Finally out of the playing tournament now. Just took one game. Fantastic for them. Mavericks at 6, Blazers at 7, Warriors at 8, Grizzlies at 9, Spurs at 10, Pelicans at 11, Kings at 12 for potentially getting into the playing tournament. So let's go top to bottom as well here. And we'll start here with the Jazz. So let's get the Jazz schedule up, and we'll start doing the, the Western Conference. So Utah Jazz, here we go. Their remaining schedule, the Spurs, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Warriors, the Blazers, the Thunder, and the Kings, seven games remaining. So they beat the Spurs. Um, The Nuggets, man, it's going to be a tight game, but I am going to give it to the Nuggets. I'm going to give the Nuggets the win there over the Jazz. Uh, they beat the Rockets. The Warriors they always play up to their competition. I'm gonna give the Warriors the win over this uh, jazz team especially without Donovan Mitchell. their scoring is a little lackluster without Donovan Mitchell. Um, they're still a good team don't get us wrong they are still decently deep as well but I like uh, some of these teams upside them a little bit more. We are still kind of we still think the Jazz are you know the most fraudulent of the best teams available. Alrighty, so they lose to the Warriors, they beat the Rockets. Alright, then it goes to the Blazers. Uh, I gotta say they lose to the Blazers. I love the Blazers, but they don't really uh, beat any of the big teams consistently. Uh, and Then they beat the Thunder, and they beat the Kings. So we have the Jazz finishing 5-2 and two in their last seven games. So let's add that to their total. So their final uh, regular season total is going to be 51 wins. Did I do that right? 52 wins and 20 losses. The best record in the NBA uh, where we had the 76ers finishing first in the East at 51-21. and 21. So they would have that one game over the Eastern Conference of the 76ers. So well done. Jazz finished 52-20. and All righty, now let's go to the Suns now. Can they get it done? Only a half a game back from this Jazz team. Let's see what their schedule is looking like. Alrighty, the Suns' remaining schedule: they got the Cavs, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Blazers, and the Spurs twice. Eight games left. Alrighty, here we go. The Suns—they beat the Cavs, no problem. The uh, the Suns—I gotta say, did we say they beat the Hawks? Yes, we did. Alrighty, so they beat the Hawks. The Knicks—we have them beating the Knicks. We have them beating the Lakers. We're going to have them beating the Warriors. We're going to have them beating the Blazers. And we're going to have them beating the Spurs twice. They round out the final the final 8 games with all wins. Maybe they lose against the Warriors or the Blazers, maybe. Maybe, but we're going to count it as an 8 game win streak. To close out these final eight games. Just like what Devin Booker did in the bubble by himself last season. Eight play-in games. I'll win them all. No problem. We'll still come up short. But we're not coming up short this season. So they finished 8-0 and in their last eight games. Fantastic. Let's add that to their total. So the Suns are going to finish at 54-18. and Being the number one seed in the Western Conference. Well done to the Suns. Alrighty now, let's talk about the Nuggets at the third seed. Look at this Nuggets team at the third seed. Love it. Uh, everybody's stepping up without Jamal Murray. So much credit goes to Facando Capazzo. So much credit goes to Michael Porter Jr. And then you, you know, already credit is there with Jokic. We don't have to say that again, but you know, he was winning. He was doing it with Jamal Murray. Obviously he's still getting it done without him. But big step-ups by Michael Porter Jr. going for, like, 30 a night now and Facundo Capazzo being the facilitator. So well done for the Denver Nuggets. But let's uh, talk about their remaining schedule. Do they have a chance to get to that number one seed? Probably not since, uh, unfortunately, the Suns went 8-0. But this is what the Nuggets had. They got the Knicks, the Jazz, the Nets, the Hornets, the T-Wolves, the Pistons, and the Blazers. Kind of 50-50 good and hard here. Uh, Easy hard here for this Nuggets team. But for the Knicks... We have them beating the Knicks. Well done, the Jazz. We have them beating the Jazz. Yes, sir. The Nets. We've got the we've got the Nuggets beating the Nets. Fantastic. All righty. We've got them beating the Hornets. We've got them beating the T-Wolves. We've got them beating the Pistons. And we've got them beating the Blazers. Yes, sir. You know, just one little loss here. Like we said, you know, against this Warriors team, Warriors play up to their competition. They lose, but then they go rally off one, two, three, four, five wins. Then they lose against the Lakers. They'll rally off another five. We think eight wins here. So they are seven wins. They finish one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They finish seven and oh to round out their season. Fantastic for the Nuggets. So we'll add seven games to them. And they finish at 50 and 22, fantastic. Uh, so they move up. Uh, well, they stay at the third seed, unfortunately, just a flip flop of one and two. Nuggets stay at number three. Alrighty, Clippers here at number four. Let's get their schedule up. Alrighty, for the Clippers, their remaining schedule, the Raptors, the Lakers, the Knicks, the Raptors again, the Hornets, the Rockets, the Thunder, real easy schedule here. So, they go and beat the Raptors, they beat the Lakers, they beat the Knicks, they beat the Raptors again, they beat the Hornets they beat the Rockets. They beat the Thunder. They go 7-0. 7? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 and 0 Just like the Nuggets. They will finish just like the Nuggets, 50-22. and 22. Unfortunately, they do have the tiebreaker. So the Clippers stay at number 4. Alrighty, let's go to the Lakers at five. Do they move up? Do they move down? Are they in the playing tournament? Let's see what we get. The Lakers remaining schedule here. They face the Clippers, the Blazers, the, oh my God, the Suns, the Knicks, the Rockets, the Pacers and the Pelicans. Seven games left. Tough schedule here. So we had them losing against the Clippers. Oh, that Blazers game. It's gonna be a huge one. Is LeBron playing or not? It's this Friday on ESPN. LeBron has to come back from this game. Must win game here against the Blazers. I'm gonna have the Blazers winning it, folks. So they lose against the Blazers. They lose against the Suns. They beat they lose against the Knicks. We have the Knicks beating this Lakers team. But then they go out and beat the Rockets. They beat the Pacers. And they beat the Pelicans to finish three and four in their final seven. Tough schedule here for the Lakers, truly. Especially these next three games, these next four games. Clippers, Blazers, Suns, and the Knicks. Wow, oh, wow. So let's add three and four to their schedule, to their ranks. So they finish 40. And 32, alrighty. So they definitely don't move up to that 4th seed, but can they keep the 5th seed? Let's see what the Mavericks are working with at number 6 for their remainder of the season. Alrighty, final schedule here for the Mavs. They got the Heat, the Nets, the Cavs twice, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Raptors, and the T-Wolves. 8 games remaining here for the Mavericks. Here we go, against the Heat, we have them losing against the nets we have them losing we'll have them beating the cavs twice shouldn't be too much of a problem the grizzlies we're going to have them losing against the grizzlies the pelicans or no we have the yeah we have them losing against the grizzlies they'll beat the pelicans the Raptors, we have them losing, so they unfortunately have to lose against the Raptors, and then they beat the Timberwolves, so they finish one, two, three, four, four and four in their last eight games here, let's add that to their total, so they finish 40 and 32, just like the Lakers, and um... They do have a half-game lead. The Lakers have a half-game lead. So they've got the head-to-head tiebreaker. So the Lakers will stay the 5 seed and the Mavs will be the 6 seed. But let's see if the Blazers, they're only a game back from the Lakers. So let's see if they can try to leapfrog up here. Let's see what they got for their remaining schedule. Hopefully it's easy, man. It's got to be easy for this Blazers, hopefully. But let's see what they get. Our camera just died, unfortunately, so hopefully uh, the furrows in screen, the last image isn't anything wild. But here we go. The Blazers, their remaining schedule, the Cavs, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Suns, the Nuggets, seven games left remaining. Alrighty, The Blazers, they beat the Cavs. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Rockets. They lose to the Jazz. They lose to the Suns. And we have them. Oh, we have them. uh, Yeah, we have them uh, losing against the Blazers or the Nuggets as well. So they finish 4-3 in their last seven games here tough matchups against uh the Jazz and the Suns and the Nuggets and man that's their final three games so it's going to be Damian Lillard do or die in these last three games to kind of shore up their positioning a little bit but let's see how 4 and 3 goes for this Blazers team This Blazers team would finish 40 40- in 32, just like the Lakers, just like the Mavs. So we're going to have this kind of, uh, you know, tie-breaking scenario between Lakers, Mavericks, and Blazers. We'll see how it plays out and it works out. But all finishing with 40 wins and 32 losses. Jeez. All righty. Now the Warriors now at number eight. Can they potentially get, into, uh, get out of the play-in tournament? Let's see. Uh, The Warriors, the Warriors. Why am I blanking on their city? Golden State, there we go. All righty. Here we go. Their remaining schedule. They got the Pelicans, the Thunder twice, the Jazz, the Suns, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies. All righty, for the Pelicans. They beat the Pelicans again tonight. They beat the Thunder twice. They lose against the Jazz. No, no, no. We have the Warriors beating the Jazz. Wow. All righty. The Suns, they lose against the Suns. They beat the Pelicans again. Wow, they faced them twice in these final eight games. And then the Grizzlies, we are going to have them beating the Grizzlies. All righty. Well done for this Warriors team finishing 6-1 in their last seven. Just losing against the Suns there. So let's add 6-1 and one to their record. They will finish at 39 wins and 33 losses. So they will be in the playing tournament here, stay, staying at number 8. Really not able to kind of move up too much here. So Warriors are at number 8. Then we get the Grizzlies. What can they do at number 9? They've been up and down, one game above, two games below, two games above, three games above, 500 all season long. Let's see how they finish out these last couple of games here. They've got the T-Wolves, the Pistons, the Raptors, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Kings, twice, and the Ra- and the Warriors. Eight games left remaining. Real easy schedule. So they can beat the T-Wolves. They can beat the Pistons. They beat the Raptors. They beat the Pelicans. They beat the Mavericks. Do we have them beating the Mavericks? Yes, we do. They beat the Mavs. They beat the Kings twice. And we had the Warriors beating the Grizzlies. So we've got the. They lose against the Grizzlies. They lose against the Warriors. So they go 7 1 in their last eight games. Well done for the Grizzlies. Let's add that to their final total. So they will finish at 30. Nine and 33. Jeez, Louise, just like the Warriors. So we'll see who has the game break there. And it looks like it's the Grizzlies will probably move into that eighth seed. But they're both eight and nine. Let's see if the Spurs can do anything here at the 10th seed to move up a little bit. Or just kind of stay at that number 10 seed for the playing tournament. So let's go to San Antonio here. Alrighty, the Spurs final schedule. They got the Jazz, the Kings, the Blazers, the Bucks. Oh my goodness, the Nets, the Knicks, and the Suns twice for their last eight games. Alrighty, so the Spurs, they lose against the Jazz. They beat the Kings. They lose against the Blazers. They lose against the Bucks. They lose against the Nets. They lose against the Knicks. They lose against the Suns twice. Geez, so they finish. Ah oh, man, they finish one in seven in their last eight games. Jeez. that's gonna you know open. That's gonna leave a place for the Pelicans or the Kings if they can get it done. So the Spurs, their final record will be thirty-two and forty. Yikes. Alrighty, Pelicans at number 11. There is opportunity here to squeeze in the play-in tournament. Let's see if they can take advantage with their remaining schedule. Alrighty, the Pelicans, they got the Warriors, the 76ers, the Hornets, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Lakers in their last seven games against the Warriors. We have them. Beating the Pelicans. So the Pelicans lose against the Warriors. They lose against the Seventy Sixers. They beat the Hornets. The Grizzlies they lose against the grizzlies the mavericks they beat the mavericks the warriors they beat they lose against the warriors again and the lakers We have them losing against the Lakers. So the Pelicans finish 2-5 and five in their last seven. Is that enough to get them into the playing tournament? They finish at 31 wins. 39 losses. And it is not enough here. Did I add that right? Nope. Uh, 41 losses, 31 losses, 31 wins and 41 losses. Not enough to dethrone the Spurs there for that 10th seed. And then finally, the Kings, who will have no chance here. I don't think we have them winning any of their last games, but let's just see, just to see. Alrighty, and then the Kings, the Thunder, the Pacers, the Spurs, the Thunder two more times, the Grizzlies two more times, and the Jazz for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left. Alrighty. So, we'll give them a Thunder win. We'll give them two, two Thunder wins, one Thunder win. They face them three times. We'll, be, we'll have them beating the Thunder. We'll have them beating the Pacers. Do we have them beating the Pacers? What do we got? Oh, we said they beat the Kings. So Pacers beat the Kings. Uh, The Spurs. They beat the Kings. So they lose against the Spurs. The Thunder will have them beating them twice. Losing once. The Grizzlies beat them twice, and the jazz beat' them. so they finished two and six in their last eight. Add that to their total. They finished twenty nine and 30, 43. 29 to forty three so they don't get into the playing tournament either. We've got the jazz we've got the uh, we've got the suns at one. The Jazz at 2. The Nuggets at 3. The Clippers at 4. The Lakers at 5. The Mavericks at 6. The Blazers at 7. The Warriors at 8. The Grizzlies at 9. The Spurs still at 10. And that is it. Pelicans, Kings do not get in the top 10. So, not a lot of movement here in the Eastern Conference. Just the Wizards move to 9, Pacers fall to 10. And in the Western Conference, the Suns go to 1, the Jazz go to 2. That is all the movement that we really have here in the final remaining games here. So, unfortunately, for the Raptors, the Bulls, the Pelicans, and the Kings... You tried. It's not working out. Alrighty, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We are late as late can be, so we will be out of here. Thanks for watching. We're back tomorrow.